Hey everyone, this is Adam Rush. I am the president of the Summit Association, the organization responsible for curating the Summit ecosystem and overseeing development of the Summit platform. So we're very pleased to have a great panel joining us today in our series on community governance. We're trying to do a regular series of these spaces to talk through things for the community, uh, to figure out how we can you know, be the best community possible and uh, move forward as CIP 1694 is being discussed to govern uh, the blockchain of Cardano. So first we have Ben O'Hanlon, the Community Chapter Director at Input Output Global. Ben is responsible for helping coordinate communication and resources between IOG and the communities of Cardano to build a stronger ecosystem. Uh, next we have Hosky Token, Chief Idiot of the Hosky community on Cardano. Hosky cares about decentralization and minting worthless JPEGs. So it's great to have him here as well. And finally, we have Ada Girl uh, serving as moderator for this discussion. And Jenny's here backing her up. And uh, Ada Girl's a Cardano ambassador, actively planning and running community activities. And we're lucky enough to also have her as a summit ambassador. So thank you for that. Thank you for being here, uh, supporting us, and all the work you do educating the community about blockchain principles and the qualities of Cardano. So with that, I'm very happy to turn it over to Ada Girl. Thank you so much. That was great. And I am so excited to be here. I am a Cardano ambassador and I am super passionate about making sure the community knows what's going on um, and making sure that they have a platform to, to speak on. And this is why I love Ben so much because, you know, that's what he's passionate about as well. And I love Husky because he is a community favorite, right? Everybody loves Husky. Who doesn't want uh, who doesn't want to be rugged by Hosky? Like, come on. <laughs> so I like to think of this space as the think tank discussion for Cardano um, and Voltaire and the journey that we're all taking as a community to embrace Voltaire and figure out how we're going to make this work, um, especially at the larger scales and uh, making sure that it's a, as there's some scalability to it. So as we know, the Summon Labs is in, in the house. So if you don't know what they do, I'm going to let you know. It is the most advanced DAO tooling on Cardano, and they can help you create your own DAO, establish transparent governance for your DAO, and they also have a DeFi. So please check them out at summonplatform.io. Um, so we can go on. I want to go on ahead and just let everyone know how we're going to do this. We're going to go on ahead and let Husky and Ben have a platform for their thoughts on, um, you know, the community involvement and Voltaire and, and what that should look like. Then uh, midway through, we'll go on ahead and open it up for the community to come up and ask questions. Um, and when you do come up, make sure you have a nice, good question and um, and decide whether you want it to be for Hosky, Ben, or both. That way they both know what, <laughs> if they need to answer, who needs to answer. Um, Jenny, what's, what's going on with you? I'm what's so glad going? that you're here, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a loaded question. But I mean, what's a, going on with me? Uh, you know, I've been, I've been around. I've been around today. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited about Voltaire. I'm excited about this conversation. I'm excited about Ben and Hosky going at it today and unloading their thoughts on the matter. And yes, conversations, conversations. I don't... I like to think about this as a place to have conversations rather than debates. So that way we can expand our minds and, and see through this, right? So let's do it. Yeah, definitely. So I like to just kind of do a really 
quick recap of Voltaire. Um, it's just a self-governance that Cardano has. It's our last phase of uh, Cardano. And it's a long-term um, solution that we want to do. Um, but Ben, I wanted to ask you, if you, what do you think the community needs to do to be able to be more involved in Voltaire? And what is the uh, community's responsibility to ensure that this is going to be successful? I guess a, a really good question. Um, my my approach, you know, that some people are working on on governance, the MBO, um, but I'm thinking about citizenship and um, you know how we go beyond hodling a, a coin or something like this. And a citizen has a has a duty. And what I've got in common with Hosky and UA to go and you, Jenny, is that I came from like the ground up, right? I started off on bounties and then part time. Um, it's been a long journey, and then I was working Cardano Foundation, and, and then I own. Um, I've kind of been at every level, um, and understand like how how you can really want to help a team, or you know, blockchain projects or startups that the the teams building in Cardano's ecosystem um, are startups, and, and how you want to um, help drive adoption and help improve decisions and sometimes you don't know why stuff doesn't get signed off or you don't know how to best contribute um so what i really want to say is is this broad com uh, governance discussion going on but you know beyond that there are the citizens of kadano and i think i have a point of view to share on this twitter space about how we arm people so that they can better support those startups and teams that they think um support their values you know in a really powerful way and i think that when i look at kudano nfts and, and this kind of stuff i see people that are hodling or or that um are citizens of kudano they want to be involved and you know when i joined io i was surrounded by like genius level people it could be a little bit intimidating right um and you're at the beginning you're like um you're like a student. You don't know what you need to do, right? Um, and I want to. I I think that we can arm people that aren't technical with tried and tested tactics on how to support those technical teams um, to build an ecosystem. And um, what I what I'm going to bring to this Twitter space is a suggestion of how we open source a playbook, how community managers across several different, or across all the different apps, right? Um, could be working together in a community of community builders you know the machine that builds the machine um and we could be validating those uh, tactics with technical leadership um in those different startups um and then collectively it's um i feel like a competitive advantage that other ecosystems may not have right because ai agile all the stuff is about how you build and moving fast and what a community can do is it can give direction, like a compass, and it can help you chart the the uncharted territory that you're building in, like a map, right? You know, so compass will give you direction, but you don't know if there's going to be swamps on the way. Um, so I'm going to end my point here with, you know, what is the function of a community team? Uh, when I report to people like Tim Harrison or Tamara, um, and who are really great, by the way, I don't know if anybody, if I ever have said that enough, like, Tamara is super, super smart. Every time I get on a call with her, I'm kind of like, oh, wow, she's smarter than I thought, you know? So, and Tim the same, I've, I've transformed myself. But, but to get back to the point, what I would say was the function of a community team in any startup, its job is to listen, 
Its job is to listen to problems and frictions, which are opportunities, and bring them back into a technical team so that team can offer solutions, and then you bring those solutions back to the community, right? And you all heard the idea that map is not the territory. If you're dealing with busy technical people, they, they can't fit the whole community in their head, obviously, right? So you have to give them it in a level of abstraction with which they can make decisions. So the community team's job is to listen and bring that stuff back to the to those teams so they can decide and um, build solutions, and then you take the solutions back to the um, uh, community. I feel like we could help people learn how to do that by open sourcing that playbook. That's my pitch. So <laughs> I hope everybody's fine. I'm totally buying it because I believe in that. And I, I believe what, what you're talking about 100%. Um, Jenny, do you have any? Oh, I see Hosky wanted to say something. I'm supposed to follow that up. Like, really? Yeah. <laughs> yes, you can do it, Doggo. You can do it. I believe in you. <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's great what Ben mentioned. And he's talking about dealing with geniuses, right? All these smart, techie people. Well, I have the opposite viewpoint uh, or sorry not viewpoint i have the opposite uh, side of the spectrum which is dealing with self-proclaimed idiots now you'd be shocked to learn that whether you're dealing with geniuses or you're dealing with idiots a lot of it is the same and the biggest thing is listening so i believe that when it comes to governance one of the things that is lacking currently just for the little twitter outburst i've seen is the listening aspect of it. Uh, we see a lot of people jump to conclusions. We see a lot of people make a call when they have either incomplete information or no information at all, and they're basing it all on a headline. So, like Ben was saying, when you are dealing with geniuses or idiots, the key is speaking less, listening more, which is usually the opposite of human nature. We always want to have the last say or the first say. Uh, you know, we always want to be right without really listening to the opposing view. And whether it's, uh, you know, again, listening to idiots or geniuses, the, the, that is, to me, one of the uh, best things you can do. Um, another thing that Ben mentioned was in regards to can, or actually not Ben, but the topic as a whole is, can idiots be trusted to govern Cardano? Uh, and the answer is maybe. Uh, why maybe? Because, I sorry if there's a lot of noise, there's an airplane flying above me right now. Uh, the, the reason I say maybe is because as with world elections, if people aren't informed, they're not going to be able to make an informed decision and govern properly. So as long as you educate the idiots, I do believe that you can trust idiots with uh, governance. Outside of that, I don't believe it's possible. Yeah, that's a really great point. I, I do believe that what you're saying is straightforward, for sure fact. And I, um, 
taking what Ben is saying and then what you're saying, I believe that then there's a certain responsibility for also, let's just say, you know, um, people in general. Like, I know that there's a lot of people who feel exactly what you guys feel like, this imposter type of syndrome. Like, wow, that's that's so above me. I, I, I would never make any kind of difference. What do you say to those people that feel like they're just lurkers or people that really don't want to get involved because they're scared to get involved because they don't feel smart enough. What kind of advice do you give those people? I'm going to say what Ben said. And I think we share that in common. Like you said, we at one point were lurkers. We at one point were started at the bottom and dedicate more time. I wish there was another, an easier way to learn more. But really, it comes down to participation and spending more of your time in whatever community or community niche that you want to uh, dedicate your time to. Time is limited, so not everybody has, uh, you know, unlimited amounts of time. So maybe you don't want to be on Twitter spaces talking to people about governance, but go read. Go listen to somebody that's speaking, giving their viewpoint listen to opposing viewpoints um and again it just everybody starts i feel like from the same spot same place just start i guess is the key you can't really do anything if you don't get started agreed and um ben has his hand up yeah you know alan watts talks about like you know life is a dance or it's a song it's not a journey everybody makes out that you're starting here and you're gonna move along and you've got to hit this stage and that stage and then you can get to the end destination you know but actually what you can see is that taking action and getting experience of any kind is transformational and when i look back before i joined Kanano and then and where I'm at now, it's been hugely transformational, you know. So I'm talking about um, transformation as individual. If you take action, um, it's uh, it changes everything. And I would also zoom out. And if somebody's thinking about, can I have an impact? Like, where are you at now in history, right? Look at these revolutions that have happened, like the Gutenberg printing press, right, where it revolutionized the distribution of information. Um or the social media where it removed gatekeepers. So you saw all these Twitter journalists, this kind of stuff, right? It really, again, it's to do with, I guess, the spread of news, right? And and I think that Web3, although it, it is technical and there's blockchain, I think that it's a revolution in how people self-organize, right? And if you look at all these, like, pockets, like Hosky's talking about, who I fully agree with, like, it's, yeah, they were, you don't know if they're geniuses or idiots and there's just so much happening right but it's it's about the synapses in those networks firing better you know and helping people organize better so storming and forming different groups and we do see that um in cardano um and the ecosystem and i feel like what's missing is some sort of like what if i want to come and work for you eight ago right can I come into that interview and be like, hey, here's what I'm going to do for you in the first 60 days because I'm part of a community of community builders. I have, I can feel more credible and empowered because other people that came before me documented what they were doing. Um, and I think it could be peer-reviewed as well. You know, all of the strengths of Cardano and, and um, uh, the values that we have are, are aligned in an open-source playbook. I had an idea like any method would have to have at least two co-authors, right? It has to be, 
I make one point actually because you're saying like going back to your question somebody's thinking how do I know that I can have an impact if you are open sourcing this playbook right um, you're actually playing to the strength of an ecosystem and a platform because the business model is like interactions not value creation you know so the more interactions and times a method gets run and tested and graded uh, you know and people can leave a review you know it becomes more valuable like a method that's been run 20 times versus one that's been run five and you can benchmark success for it like that becomes really interesting then someone like adam dean right could be here's the thing when you when you're going through this decision cycle you could look at the methods that were there it's not about rules or dogma it's about choice and autonomy and you pick the method that you feel would be appropriate and you can you can see whether it's a match that's my kind of vision you know um what do you think Oscar? yeah i think it's important to do things that are within your scope um I think that that's, that's a good starting point. Uh, personally, I don't feel like I can have any say in certain matters, including governance, honestly. That's why I've taken more of a, I need to listen to all perspectives and see what points they're making. Because there's some things that, you know, I'm passionate on, but it doesn't mean I have the right knowledge or the right skills to be able to make a comment. Um, especially when you have influence. So a lot of it has to do, or what I've been trying to do in this case, is just listen to both sides. I see good things from both sides. I also see things that I dislike from both sides. But as I've been listening, I've been learning, and then I'm able to formulate what my personal opinion should be on, um, you know, uh, the, the shape that governance needs to take, should take, can take. So, yes, uh, one thing that I think is pivotal is being able to know your strengths and your weaknesses, know when to shut up. That one's really difficult for me uh, because, again, this is the Hosky account. This is trolling a lot of the time. Uh, but it, 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 it's a balance. It's a balancing act. And, again, if you want to participate, start by listening yeah, those are great suggestions. I, I think that there's a lot of um, um, truth to that. And also, I hope that the people listening that feel like they don't have a voice can take your suggestions and, and move forward and, and get stronger, feel stronger in a way uh, with your encouragement. So thank you all for that. And I know that uh, Voltaire, the whole point behind Voltaire is to be a decentralized type of governance. And that has always been a challenge. Um, you know, you look at other blockchains that are unable to do that. Um, how do you think that we can move forward to ensure that there is decentralization um, for Voltaire and that we will be able to, you know, build what we actually want to build? What do you think are the obstacles to keeping it decentralized? Anybody? <laughs> that sounds like a Ben question. I'll pick up on like what Husky was saying about um, people mm-hmm. want to participate, and it's about the different ways they can participate. You know, um, and it's different strokes for different folks. You know, maybe people do want to get involved with governments, maybe governance even. Maybe some people are more action orientated. So I actually feel like um, unlocking 
the options and giving people different paths who are not technical is like a easy low hanging fruit that could really massively increase that um the variety of talent and viewpoints you know and and again you have to have action and experience to to gain the confidence to feel that you, you can be heard and to have an informed opinion you know um so getting people to to, to participate in any way right i think is key and that's again why like i think there's like a lot of technical people but if they were coming into this ecosystem and they saw that it wasn't just uh they saw there were a lot of motivated people that could actually support and help them whether it's hired or volunteers that to me is what's super interesting you know i I know the backdrop is there's been that there's been a great workshop um you know recently and uh the minimal viable governance with sip 1694 um but my mind's always been on the people that are in the trenches you know um people like hosky where like they probably know more than me right like about actually the tactical uh stuff of building communities and i want to unlock all of that there's all of this different knowledge across so many different projects and people that have contributed and they're all climbing like a similar hill and we should all be learning from each other so we can better equip ourselves you know and having that conversation so yeah i think hosky got it right when he said it's about participation and i think helping people participate in different ways that play to their strengths is uh, is probably where my brain would be so the one thing I will say when it comes to getting people to participate, I think that's going to be one of the most difficult things uh, as it stands right now within the ecosystem. It's pretty much a stake it and forget it sort of setup. Once you find a bull that's producing blocks, you know, you stake your ETA and you forget about it. That's the end of it. And the one thing we try to do with Oski and with the stuff we do with our rug pulls is we want to create active stakers. And what does that mean? It means we want to ensure that people have to be participating. Oh, I think you're you're breaking up a little bit, Husky. You're you're sounding a little robotic. Yeah, sorry, I'm still walking. I'm almost to where I'm going. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so I apologize for that. So again, I think it's about active staking uh, or active uh, participation. A lot of the stake right now dormant a lot of people don't really participate i mean we've seen it with the catalyst circle voting i think we had a thousand people participate or a thousand wallets not even people so to me that's one of the biggest challenges is getting enough participation Um, that's my biggest concern when it comes to governance that uh, a lot of people will not participate and because of this they will feel underrepresented when I get their point, but you also need to actively participate if you want to have a say in governance. I don't think Cardano is going to be a stake in and forget it chain. Yes, DRIPS will allow you to do that, um, as you know, outlined with uh, 1694, but you still have to put some effort, even then, into selecting a DREP, just like you do now with a stake pool. So, again, biggest concern for me, biggest obstacle is going to be participation. Yeah, and Adam has his hand up, and then Ben. So one of the things uh, when you guys were talking about that is the the theme that we've been sort of going for with these spaces is talking about communities, and I'm kind of like very intentional, you know, like earlier when I introduced everything to say the communities of Cardano, because I really 
feel like the way forward is to make sure that we are empowering communities. Um, one of the things that attracted me to Cardano was this idea of having many communities represented. You know, in Charles's videos early on, he talked about how he wanted there to be people from different cultures all, who all could use this technology and because they had communities that needed to be served on a common railway. And when we, you know, had NFT projects come up, when we had that ability emerge, all of a sudden we had these, you know, organic communities formed around, you know, NFTs that were basically mascots. And then, you know, we have like Hosky, who is literally a mascot. He puts on a suit and goes and jumps around at events. So, <laughs> you know, we have these things where people get excited about being part of their community. And people just don't have time to do everything, right? You have to count on your community members to do what they're good at. That's what being a community is part of, is saying, I'm good at this thing, and I know that someone else is good at another thing, so I'm going to support them at what they're good at, and I'm going to contribute what I'm good at. And so I think that, you know, making sure that we do this in such a way that we keep in mind that, you know, these communities can be empowered. And if we are building up the communities you know, and encouraging people to find their tribe, find their community that they want to be a part of, we can activate them to, to care more, to be more involved, to do the research, to say, I, I have this group of people who I trust their counsel and we're going to figure it out together. And as more and more people do that, we have the snowball effect where all of a sudden we do have a critical mass that can govern. I agree with you, and I think that this is why these these types of spaces are so um, incredibly important to do that, to get the word out, to allow the community to come and talk to people like Ben and Hosky um, and some in platform and things like that, to make sure that that, that they have a voice. So, um, ben, what's going on? What's up? So I think like, um, you know, three things are important in communities, which is... Um, incentives identities and interactions right so incentives like self uh, enlightened self-interest uh, there's a real reason for you to participate uh, identity because it's the strongest uh, force and like the human personality like how people see themselves really drives action and then interactions because it's really how you snowball and get that network effect right um, and I think something I just want to pull out that I didn't make clear enough you know like so what, what in the early stages of Cardano, Staple operators um, were really critical, um, and that's because they were like a community of communities of their own. You know, um, you can see that they did uh, because they have to have the ability to differentiate themselves to track delegation. They had to go out in a way that miners don't have to um, and engage people. I mean, when I ran that deadlift survey in 2021, if you guys remember, what you saw is a lot of the technical technical people and developers were on Twitter, the staple operators, um, and a lot of their communities were on YouTube, and then they were consuming content in different ways. And also, what's really interesting in the ecosystem is people would switch roles quite frequently as well. So you might be a staple operator, then you're going to build infrastructure, and you might then be building a DAP. So people aren't static either. You know? So I want to make an argument now, and I don't think I've ever articulated this well enough, but I'm not saying community. I'm saying I think that we can empower another, maybe the wrong word, but class of person, which is a servant leader. That's what a community manager is, right? Uh, IO sends us on this leadership training stuff, and, and I came back. I was like, oh, I have to apply all this stuff. And it's about, like, servant leadership and um, camp scores and understanding the teams, and I, I can tell you all about that. But, but the bottom line is the community managers that I'm talking about are not they, they stop just being the community they become a citizen they're doing something right it goes beyond just hanging out they're 
they're take they're actually taking part in a startup. They're helping a team. They're trying to inform. They're they're being the face of the startup to the community, the startups community, and to the startups community, they're being the face of um, the community. That to the startup, they're being the face of the community. Does that make sense? So, in the same way that state pool operators were a community of communities, I think that community managers can become servant leaders across the ecosystem to both better mobilize the communities of those startups and to inform the the leadership within the startups themselves. So it's like as above, so below. It becomes like um, cellular. Do you see what I mean? That's like the the opportunity. I don't know how well I've ex- explained myself here, by the way. So you're going to check me if it's not clear. <laughs> It is checked green, green check mark. <laughs> I think it was pretty clear. I think Jenny had an amazing question. Well, yeah. Well, what I was, what I wonder is, if we want to diversify thought, right? We talk about how we want to be open, but yet we kind of live in silos, right? So. Why do you guys consider to be the best, the best forums, the best way for us to diversify our thoughts, like to bring in more participation from different sources so we can really get a better, you know, like just upgrade the wisdom of thought so we don't end up in just groupthink, right? And, and demagoguery because, you know, I come from a, third world country from Venezuela in particular. And I, I guess I'm very, very aware of how fast one thing can lead to another. Right. So leadership, like Ben was just mentioning right now, right. You have community managers, community managers, and we have D reps now, which I'm super excited about. So going back to what uh, Hosky was saying, you know, and you have, you, you consider you're like the litter of the, like you, you self-proclaim idiots, low IQ crowd, right? It's important that the, the developer crowd understand what, you know, what those needs are and kind of pass that information from one place to the next. What I, what I've noticed is the majority of people want the same things, but we don't have the way, the way to express it in, in a way that we can communicate it, communicate that and meet each other halfway to realize, oh, wow, it really is a pendulum, right? We keep this balance by swinging from one side to the other, but we, we don't have that moving from one side to the other, then we end up polarized, right? And we think that we think much more different than we actually do, and we accomplish very little. During this time, the Voltaire era, we're going to be getting these leaders and we're, we, we have these little niches. How do we make sure that as crowds, we know what to seek from those leaders to, to empower ourselves to become one if we want to eventually, right? So it's just like a rotation thing. So we don't become like codependent and and somebody doesn't become too, too, too uh, self-righteous in, in their leadership role. So, yes, to, to summarize it, I just would like to, to know if there's a better forum for us to really bring all these different, different communities 
to interact with one another and and use you know this litters to help us cross this like we're doing right now you know but this is twitter spaces how do we just take that outside of twitter spaces i think with the way web3 is set up you can't take it online per se or offline per se so you got to work with the tools you have whether that's twitter zoom a forum of sorts you can only do you can only do with what you're given and because web3 is like you said so diverse we are in different places in the world different time zones uh, different cultures different upbringings different ideas so uh, out of the technical side i think how do we uh, ensure that everybody uh, gets a say i think is we hear everybody we need to listen to everybody's opinion their point of view as the way somebody in the US would see things would be totally different as somebody from Africa South America Asia so it goes back to again listening um to everybody uh and then formulating your decision once you've had uh enough information now will you all will you ever get to have enough information no will there be biases yes uh but i think in order to address that um we should be open minded to others opinions um and more than that be open to change our minds if we're presented with argument or evidence that um contradicts whatever stance and or belief that we hold Ben, do you have your hand up? Yeah, I think um, you know there's a probably three points here. Like one, we're not all the same. We don't all want the same things, and that's okay, right? Um, but what we don't want is leaders. We want less leaders because it's a decentralized environment. So we want self-organizing groups. So we want to storm and form um, autonomous self-organizing groups. And for that, we need some structure and knowledge base so people can understand how to best do that and what's worked for other people. Um, and we want to, um, uh, I would try, I, mean, I wish I had a notepad. I was sitting in this card. I would have made notes, but I had a couple of points. Yeah, the thing is we're all different. We don't have to all agree, right? And if we want it to be decentralized, we need to form different self-organizing groups and they need the structure and the knowledge base to be able to do that and to support them. Um, the third thing, um, is we don't actually want leaders right we don't want rules and um um you know uh, dogma we want uh, options and choices so people can do things differently and that's i stuck a few um tweets up in the i think it's the whiteboard on these twitter spaces so you could flick between them but there were three ideas there and i'll just be really quick the first one is this factual belonging so in fact the more the more groups we can have that are independent and can disagree within a broader structure right and that broader structure can be hey here are the tools here are different tactics etc the better because then they can, uh, they can go away oh this is what i missed i wanted to say like it's okay if we disagree and want different things but we don't want it to just be about i have this opinion you have your opinion the whole time right at some point it has to stop being a talking shop and we have to see like what is more effective what actually has the results you know like when i've worked within teams before sometimes you get into this weird thing where it's like oh i think that we should do it this way or i think we should do it that way 
And I'm like, okay, you know what? Um, let's spend 10% of our resources doing it that way, to go, and 10% doing it my way, and then we'll run it, and we'll see what works better, and then we'll have a better idea, right? So it'd be cool to be more results-focused um, and more kind of data-driven um, so that people can kind of gain a little bit of detachment from the conversation and understand that we're just trying to find out, like, what works best, you know? And the last slide, uh, I don't know if all of you can see it, but there's, like, a, a product-led um, scaling shift graphic that I stuck up there, right? And it's about this idea that these startups, these, these dApps, um, they need to find product market fit faster, and they need to avoid scaling too early because the people that they're going to attract within their communities to begin with... Um, those people are kind of early adopters, you know, I think is a common phase. But if, when you get to market and you want to drive adoption, that market's going to expect things to be frictionless, you know. So this is, for me, I guess, my, this is my own personal point of view. I'm very, like, action-orientated and I want to get stuck into it, you know. I probably don't vote, if I'm honest, and that's like a guilty. I mean, in the real world, you know, I don't vote for stuff. I'm not really that kind of person. I just want to get stuck into it, you know. So... Yeah, that's my two cents. It's okay that everybody doesn't agree, and I don't expect anybody to. I just want there to be a structure in which we can self-organize, um, and different groups that are driven by different things can still contribute to the whole ecosystem. I love those points. It's very well said. Um, I think that uh, we, we as a community do have to start being more aware of what is going on. Um, especially because within oral terror, there is a way for the community also to have, once the, there's a constitutional committee, um, you can have like a, a vote of no, no confidence type of thing. Like, is that something good in your opinion, Ben, for the community to be able to um, be participants in being able to say, yeah, this isn't working. We need to move forward. How, how critical do you think that vote of no confidence is for in the Voltaire? Oh, I'm just thinking through your question because I don't have a good answer for it. Um, I guess, I don't know. I'll have to think about it a little bit more. Um, the reason I, the reason yeah, I say and, that is because I'm, I'm so, <laughs> I spend so much of my time thinking about, yeah, I, I don't have a good answer, sorry. No, it's okay. It's just, I, I kind of feel that you guys are really talking about how the community needs to be strong. It needs to really kind of gather together and really think about what it is that, trying to define what it is that we want as a community to be able to define what is not acceptable anymore. Um, so that's really one of those things uh, that... Um, you know, I, I kind of, you know what I think? It's like, I think you're kind of looking up at the big picture and I'm kind of looking down at the bottom <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like below. Yeah. That's because you know you're and yeah, I can I get it. I think like it's an interesting, it's an interesting question. I, I definitely am bottom up first. You know, wanting to see more kind of um, self-organizing groups, wanting to see more people doing stuff um, within the ecosystem. I think that kind of powers those discussions. But yeah, I can see Adam's going. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I was just going to say that I think that it's a. Um, you know, a great thing to have in there. And I think it's a necessary thing because you're going to have a body such as the constitutional committee in a structure like this in that, that body needs to be representative of the different communities that are within Cardano. And I think that, 
you know, it, it's like you have to have the incentive, right? The incentive is you serve the community well enough that you don't get called into no confidence. So uh, therefore, you're going to build a coalition of people who are going to make sure that it is um, looking out for the community, hopefully. I mean, that's the way it will ideally work. Um, there are parliamentary systems that have been, you know, this is a feature of parliamentary systems. And it, there, there are times when people get frustrated with it because governments can't form and governments can't function. But they kind of learn from that. And they kind of figure out what they're doing wrong they're punished long enough with that um, process. Agreed, totally. Well, with that, leaders wouldn't get the information passed around, right? So it's well, that, that little point of centralization that's needed always. So it's like the accordion thing, right? But like, is it though? Like, if you really think about it, if you really want to make an educated yeah, decision, I guess, because I'm wrong, then you, you do have to go out there and learn. You do have to go out there and put some effort. Um, the DREP system or representative of any sort always assumes that they have your best interest in mind, but it doesn't necessarily work that way. Uh, we can see that in current governments all around the world. People thought that who they voted for was so-and-so and they were you know, pro this, pro that, and then come to find out it's the complete opposite. So a lot of it still falls on the shoulders of individuals. And like Ben was saying, starting from the bottom up is important because the individuals who are then going to give or choose to give their power to representatives should know what they stand for, what they're looking for, and whether or not your priorities align. Um, and again, we're focusing too much on the representatives. And I dare say most of the people that are going to be representatives likely aren't even involved. Um, and you're going to be surprised by who is a DREP or who has X amount of voting power or whatever the case may be. Again, it's all going to come down to what individuals decide. Completely agree. Um, Adam, real quick before you, you, you speak, I want to go on ahead and start inviting the community up to, um, if they have a question, go on ahead and um, ask to be a speaker and we will get you up. But um, on that note, Adam, please tell us your thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. I think this goes back to why it's so important for people to be active within their communities and why it's so important for people to, you know, as we've been saying here, um, you know, get educated and um, get together with others on issues that they care about uh, because, if uh, like we we on the blockchain have an advantage that traditional forms of governance don't have in the fact that we are so we are instantly mobile. You think about like other you know the way that like nation states work. You know you live where you live. Yes, you can get up and leave, um, but the more the more you have, the harder that is, <laughs> right? You know, think about if you own a house, you have to sell it. If you're renting someplace, you have to leave. It's it's generally if you have no power, then it's easier to leave someplace and try to find something place better. But um, a lot of the conventions we have in traditional governance is that we're, we, we have to stick it out with the people we're around. In, on the blockchain, you know, you can, you can have a, a duck for your PFP one day and an a ape for your PFP the next day, right? Um, you can instantly move. Um, and that's, that's, an, that's, you know, that's an advantage. It really is because you can more easily try on different things and find the group that you want to be with. Uh, I do want to also just say real quick that one of the things that we're working very hard with uh, on Summon is to be ready from day one to offer a platform where communities can be um, the governors of themselves. So you don't have to count on one person 
So um, one of the things that, you know, we pushed for when I was at the um, workshop in Longmont is we wanted to make sure that script addresses could cast votes as a DREP. And they said, yeah, absolutely, we can make that happen. And so we've, uh, you know, talked with Jared and uh, to make sure that we can determine the um, proper parameters. And that's something where when, when you want to have a vote as a community, you can have a multi-sig. You can say, we're going to have 10 people on this multi-sig who have to um, cast their votes to make, the, you know, use their signatures to cast the vote as a DREP. So it's not just one person making the vote for the community that has empowered them that they don't agree with. It's now we have a board of governors who um, are going to ensure that the community's wishes are followed. And we're also going to make sure that we can do that with DAOs as well. Um, that might take a little, that will definitely will take a little bit more work, but it's something we're up for. That's we have amazing. Some, That's wonderful. We have a Mav trying to come up here. Mav 100 might be the app that's giving you trouble. Maybe restart your phone and try again. I'm trying to get you up here. And we have Lido here too, which I'm interested to see what he has to say. And we have Adam too. We have some Adam. Adam yeah. came up here too. Yes, that's great. And can I can I just say something real quick on what Adam was saying because. I went to an experimental school, right? And my the school I went to, we worked on teams, and um, we never worked individually. The only times that we did individual work when we had, you know, like races, like sports races, or our competitions that were like very like you know individual things. But we did everything in groups, and it was incentivized for us to switch around. Um, we have like something that we have to get done in a period, like goals. You have a certain amount of time to accomplish your goals, and you you had to switch different areas and work with different people. And since I I did that since I was very little, um, you kind of learn to identify each other's uh, strengths and weaknesses, and you naturally you start or yourself you start delegating. I was like, oh, you dictate, you find the stuff because you're good at this. I'm good at that, and you start seeing how people just. They just volunteer. Oh, I'll do this. And then it just, it just flows, right? There's no need for somebody to want to do it all. And I think that um, looking at what Adam was saying, I think this is a good way to practice by, by forming groups and, and try to have this little exercises and how, how do you learn to work together in a way that you don't have to say, I lead this, I make the decisions, I'm the CEO, I'm the COO. As opposed to just like we have goals and we want to accomplish it as a team, and let's just find find ourselves in there and how to make this happen, you know. But Ben, you have your hand up. Yeah, I, that really resonated with me. Um, I, I'll share a short story with you. Um, the head of data and insights at IO, Kate Tolly, was actually like my mentor for like 10, 11 years. I've known her for a really long time. Uh, she helped us at the Cardano um, event and then got hired. So basically, on a different project, I remember I was leading this team and um, I was trying to so, like give them all the information I thought they needed. I was telling them what they needed to do and just you know was not getting any results. And I, I I'd really given up. I was like I don't I don't know what I can do. You know, like it nothing is happening here. You know, and I remember like exactly as you're describing their Ada, right? Um, Kate came in. She gets on the call, and she's like, okay, so, like, what do you think the problem is? And people are like, blah, 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 blah. 
Okay, so what actions should we take? Just put anything into the document. What are all the things that we could do? People start putting stuff in. She's like, okay, so which of these are like must-have, want-to-have, nice-to-have? Which of these can we definitely do? But they pick them, right? And then at the end, it was like magic, right? Like my jaw dropped. She's like, okay, cool. So now people just claim tasks that you think you can get done. And everybody started claiming the tasks. And I was like, what is going on? Like, what? I've been driving this team for, like, months, and they wouldn't get anything done for me. Kate comes in. They pick the tasks that they want to do after they had identified those things as being important to be done. And then everybody got off the call, and they went and did them. And I was like, I was I called her afterwards. I was like, how did you do that? That was That was insane, you know? And that was a really informative experience. And it's exactly as you're saying, what you said spoke to me and reminded me of that. That's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that, Ben. Let's see Lido. Good morning, Lido. GM, GM. Oh, this is Gaga. That's baby Lido will put it. Um, thanks for doing this and, and keeping this conversation going. Um, something I was was hoping would come up during the initial interview. Um, the housing, yeah, I think that'd be interesting for people to opine on is the upcoming SIP, the 1694 SIP. Um, why does it feel complicated? Um, is it is it because it is complicated? Or is it because the, the task that it's trying to accomplish is a complicated task, or is it because it's new and we we just it just feels complicated and I'm just I can put my finger on why why does it feel that way? Maybe because it didn't come from the ground up. Like Ben would have wrote it differently. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I think part of the reason it's complicated. Well, one because the engineers made it to sip, um, but two because. Um, it's trying to make sure it does cover the basis of what would be a minimum viable governance. Um, you know, when we look at, when we think about the laws of, you know, nation states, um, a lot of them derive from a common law tradition. So if you, if you're in like a country that comes from an English, um, colony, (laughs) you're probably following English common law or, you know, like, uh, the French equivalent or whatever. Um, and there are other, you know, countries and nationalities that will have their traditions of even if it wasn't written into the law, you have this common way of doing things, this common understanding in your cultures that go into uh, the court system. So that when you have to, because if something isn't covered by um, the legal matter, it goes to the courts, right? Uh, but there's not going to be able to be a court system in a blockchain. There's not, you know, that's the whole point of decentralization is you don't have a judge you don't have a person who can step in and do that. You have to have it written in the code. So I think that actually, when you think about it, this is um, reasonably um, this is reasonably simple uh, for the things that it needs to govern. Um, I think that um, uh, Able State Pool right uh, put up that awesome infographic. I'll go and find it and pin it here. Uh, but this is like you know, if you look at the way things flow, it it can be understood. It just takes a little bit of work to understand how it goes. And, um, yeah, I guess that's that's how I look at it. 
Yeah, that's Hi, Adam. <laughs> yeah, Adam, what's up? Hey guys, yeah. So uh, since you know the uh, the title of the space is "Can Idiots Be Trusted to Govern Cardano?" and I actually get to talk in Twitter Spaces uh, this week, uh, I wanted to come up and say thanks to uh, Summon uh, and Ktors last week for and Adam, of course, for rocking an awesome space, even though I couldn't participate. Um, so uh, for Ben and Hosky, uh, who are both very uh, community focused um, and great guys all around. Um, do you see a concern with devolving back into partisan politics um, as a, a natural extension of people trying to just activate and get their communities involved? Is there a threat there? Is there a way we can mitigate it? Um, yeah, I guess that's the, the question. I would say, are there humans involved? And if the answer is yes, then we can expect the same tribalism that we see in politics. Um, mitigating it, that, that is uh, something I haven't really thought about. But as far as concerns, yeah, I think there's been similar uh, cliques, if you want to call it, parties, um, group of individuals who will want to put their ideas, their beliefs uh, above other people's ideas and beliefs. Why? Because who is? Yeah, I don't have a good answer, but I know community is like high tempo, uh, non-linear, by which I mean, you know, when you're monitoring, like, all the conversations that are happening across places, like, there were, yeah, definitely there were different groups that have different interests. I don't know how you mitigate that, um, but I think it's probably a challenge in, uh, in any kind of ecosystem. So, yeah. A, a tough problem. What do you think, Adam? I'm turning the question on you. <laughs> well, yeah, so the problem is when there's two of us, uh, we have to like go with an Adam 1, Adam 2 sort of scenario. <laughs> we didn't have the time to coordinate that, so we're never sure which one you're talking to. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I agree with both of you that I, I think it's unavoidable. Um so I guess the biggest thing is making sure that the tools and resources that we have for the community um, do their best to portray all the diaspora of ideas and possible beliefs that are out there to the best of their ability um, to try to avoid, I guess, uh, siloing people off if we can. Yeah, I just wanted to say, um, I like the way you ended that by saying avoid siloing people off. Uh, I think it's going to be inevitable that will have something akin to political parties. I just, it's the way that humans operate. But the key is making sure that there is enough diversity of um, groups of like-minded people, which is the nicer way to put political parties or special interests, um, that these groups of like-minded people can all be empowered to have a voice. And you can choose which group you want to be a part of. And whatever group you want to be a part of, you can amplify and work towards those goals. Um, I feel like one of the one of the problems with you know like when I look in the U.S. U.S. context where I am is that we only have two dominant parties to choose from, and there are, there are nice things about parliamentary systems where they can have young parties that arise to deal with situations that then um, that you know that get powerful you know to take care of uh, emerging situation, and people put their support behind those groups because they see that as something that needs to be addressed. And just think about how much bigger that can be with a liquid process like Cardano where people can just instantly 
by just by changing the certificate, change um, their DREP and where they affiliate. And a girl, are you still here? Lucy, okay. Yes, yeah, no, I am still here. <laughs> I do have to just let you guys know that I have to um, take off, but I'm just going to tell you guys that it's it's been wonderful and amazing, and I wish I could stay longer. <laughs> but um, you guys, please continue. Please, please continue this amazing, important conversation. And I will talk to you guys later. Thank you, Lucy. Yes, we're still here. Uh, for how long are we going to be here? I'm not too sure. Adam? Yeah, so I'll ask another uh, kind of point-blank uh, question, I guess, um, to the panelists uh, first and then anybody else that wants to chime in. Um, but uh, are we as collective idiots uh, ready to govern ourselves? And um, what would be the single most important tool you think we're missing right now that we need before we're ready to govern ourselves? An education platform for individuals. That's, that's what I'd say. I mean, I'm going back to what I was saying before. I think that, you know, citizenship, people that are, that are not just like hodling, but have like, um skin in the game you know like actually have um have got experience i guess what i'm trying to say is i feel like if we can empower people within kadana who aren't technical to play a greater role in supporting the different projects and projects that are building it i think that that actions and those experiences become really interesting earlier in the conversation we talked about participation and we didn't know whether people would participate but i think when somebody has actually put their time into um, projects and helped make those decisions and they have a better understanding of how these projects are trying to scale and and what the what the challenges are, how the decision making looks like in those projects, it's actually very valuable. You know, before I was a complete idiot, even even more than I am today, right? Before I got into blockchain and worked with technical teams, I didn't understand like some of these challenges that that are faced. You know, so if you want, I guess, better governance, I think it starts from the ground up with um, citizens that are better informed. And being informed doesn't just mean education, right? It, because you know the old, what's that phrase about in theory and practice? What's the difference between <laughs> the difference between theory and practice is that in theory there's no difference, but in practice there is. So I'm just very much in favour of people that are going to vote or have an informed opinion about something, have experience and, and have got involved in some way, right? I think it's just really useful, you know. Um, but again, yeah, I'm, I'm in favour of. Um, I want to avoid dogma and rules, and, and I really feel like it's important that people have autonomy and and um, choice. So that's maybe my non-answer. But I was interested in your what your response to the original, and I appreciate Adam R answering, but I actually wanted to know what your answer was, Adam, to the first the first question you asked. Adam D, I'm singling you out. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I was kind of like waiting to see if uh, Adam R. was going to jump on the mic there um, for uh, his take on if we're ready and uh, 
what the single most important tool he thinks uh, we're missing right now would be. I guess I'll, I'll say that I, I do think we're ready. I think that we'll never be completely ready uh, because we'll always be having to improve. Uh, but the tools that I think we need are um, just, it's some platform, of course. Uh, no, in all seriousness, uh, what we need is just more more people who care. I, I think we have all the tools we need to do this. I think what we need is for people to stay engaged with each other. Okay, yeah, and then since you asked, Ben, I'll answer my own question. I don't think we're ready yet because the lack of tooling for uh, spreading the awareness, right? Um, so I would say that only in the context of how we've presented information so far in terms of both stake pools and uh, catalyst are two kind of like examples of where we're asking the community to make a choice. We haven't done a, a perfect or even near perfect job of educating people on to, to make the best choice. So I think the, the educational piece in a, a simple and uh, relatable and understandable way um, and shout out to people like Lido and uh, Hornan from Able Pool, uh, who've been doing awesome jobs with uh, stepping up for the community to provide some of that education. I, I think we need that piece before we're ready to govern ourselves. And I guess my reply of why I say that I think that we're ready and need to start doing it is because I don't think that those pieces will emerge until we're tossed into the pool and have to start swimming. Um, I think that the worst thing possible would be if IOG or Cardano Foundation or Emergo tries to build those tools for us and then locks us into a box where we have to use them or we're expected to use them. I think that those tools need to come from the community if they're going to address the community's concerns. You know, Ben does an awesome job of trying to amplify the community of trying to, you know, use uh, IOG's resources to, you know, uh, make the community stronger, which is where we need to be. I 110% I agree, and while I was silently listening along to the uh, the discussion that you were carrying last week because I couldn't participate, uh, I was actually texting people uh, going, hey, how do we get money out of the Treasury to like put up a community RFP to develop uh, like an open source uh, governance education platform? Um, something like what Lido's done for Catalyst, or, or example, and, and give money and have it be a community-built thing. Because uh, I think we touched on this last week during the the debate, but or discussion, uh, but uh, I I don't want to leave it up to every wallet to implement governance how they see fit. I would much rather have like a an in place framework for here's how you display DREPs, here's how you display what's available to vote um, that individual block explorers and wallets could then implement and put their own kind of skin on top of it. Uh, but I would very much like to see a community, not CF, not IOG, not Emergo, uh, developed framework for that uh, in place uh, as as we get ready for the hard fork, right? I'm not saying put the brakes on it and don't do anything, but I, I think that should be a, a parallel uh, development path that uh, right now we're not thinking about. That's valid. I agree with you. That's what, you know, the forums and and ways to spread education and make sure that all these little niches are, are participating. What's going on, Newt? It's nice to see you here. 
Yo, what's up, everybody? Cool to talk governance on a Saturday. I uh, I love Adam's point where he talked about different tooling, and I feel like um, there's been a lot of conversations in uh, with respect to governance um, that often overlook some of the other existing kind of DAOs and working models of on-chain governance across different ecosystems. And I feel like really assessing all of those and, and thinking about the best and worst of them would be a really good exercise, or, or at least like a useful perspective to adopt. So. I just wanted to share, I pinned up at the top, um, recently on Ethereum, there was Arbitrum network, and I got like an airdrop because I'm an active Reddit user. But anyways, I had to I had to elect a D-Rep, and I was like, oh, wow, this is interesting. I wonder what this will be like. And so interestingly, I had to delegate in order to get my claim, right? So I have no stake in this. I just kind of chose, looked at the names. But there's a good screenshot there, and it's at least an example of an existing tooling platform that exists in other attempts to make on-chain governance a thing. So I just wanted to share that. And um, I'm curious to know, like Summon or anyone else, do you have do you have any other examples from ecosystems outside of Cardano um, that you think have done some things good uh, with respect to on-chain governance? Um, yeah, I mean, we, with Summon, we're always looking at what the other uh, platforms on Ethereum have done. So, you know, like looking at like Aragorn and um, how snapshot voting is, works, where people obviously want to have that kind of mechanism of fee-free uh, ability to vote, but still have it be able to be verified with the um, cryptographic signatures from the users. And uh, I, th I think that's great to be able to look at things like this. I'm going to definitely check out your post, Nudes, and uh, read up on this uh, platform here, because one of the awesome things about Cardano, you know, people are, you know, always talking about how Cardano is, um, you know, behind, they won't be able to overtake the first mover advantage of Ethereum, but I see it as a as second mover advantage, right? We get to see what's been tried, we get to see what's worked well, we get to see all the things that haven't worked out, and that way we have less things that we have to try, we, we have pitfalls that we can avoid, and I think that that's some of the stuff that we can do going forward. Adam, have you checked out Tally.xyz? Are you familiar with that platform? Yeah, I'm familiar with, sorry, I'm familiar with Tally. Um... And I'm also familiar with the Arbitrum airdrop a little bit. And I just want to call you out because it's incorrect and dishonest to say that you had to delegate in order to receive your airdrop claim. I mean, yeah, this just, is you, this you're just leveraging it to... to I could delegate to myself, right? No, you, you didn't even have to delegate at all. So it's it's disingenuous to, to present it as, as something that's similar to what people are trying to achieve on Cardano with 1694. You're just using it to serve your own purposes. So to, to like, yeah, man, it be trusted. Like, can smart people who know better be trusted? Is what I'll say too. I'll say that I didn't know from my user, uh, like the UI UX of Arbitrum Foundation, like didn't even present me from, like, from that perspective. And I know so little about it that that was my experience of it. So if you know more about Arbitrum, then that is helpful for the conversation. Like, I'm not trying to misrepresent it in some way. Thank you for sharing that. It's, uh, I, we, we interviewed Vanessa Harris the other day, and she was she's very involved in, in Kajira. I don't know if you were, any of you guys were there, but it was very interesting because Kajira is like part of the Cosmos ecosystem, and she was talking about how they're doing a lot of governance there, so... I just had to take a look at it. I haven't had the chance because we just had the interview. I think it was yesterday or the day before. 
but um, it's like one of those ecosystems I haven't circled back in, in, in a long time, so I would like to see how they're organizing that aspect of their their chain, right? Yeah, I think that's so good. And I want to know more from uh, Balboa, because I don't know Arbitrum. Like, if there's ways for me to have done that, if I was, like, running my own RPC. Like, I have no idea how to do that. I'm just, like, a Redditor who says, oh, there's free money falling from the sky. And the whole, like, UI, UX is delegate, and then you get it. You know, so I'm only speaking from that perspective and trying to think through ways that other approaches might be useful, for better or worse, for Cardano. Thank you, Nudes. Hi, Ben. Yeah, I just want like, um, I stuck a, I got this paper that I need to read this weekend that's like comparing 89 different platforms and uh, business models. And I think it's really interesting. I'd love to be reading something that, about that, about DAOs. I've started collecting links and stuff on my Notion so I can get better informed, but I'm really interested in this discussion. And if anybody's got links they can share in this Twitter space or dump in my DMs, I just like, what are the most important um, papers to read? Like, what is going to give us this oversight of what's happening in um, other ecosystems? Because sometimes I think I'm probably guilty of being a bit too blinkered. You know, my my eyes are just down on my work, you know, and I want to be able to look up and where should I be looking, you know, so... Any input would be great. I'd love to follow up on it. Are you still doing the the newsletters? I feel like I haven't gotten anything, Ben, recently. Uh, I'm kind of building the team out. So um, Community Experience Squad is doing those newsletters. We moved from uh, MailChimp to HubSpot as well. So uh, that's changed hands. So I should check that. You, you should definitely still be getting them, you know. But uh, maybe you need to check your junk. I'll have a look. Well, I'll, I'll check. Yeah, DM me the last one that you've got, and then I can go and check. If you don't mind, if that's not too much. I'm not trying to give you jobs, Jenny, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no problem. I'll check, I'll check. I'll let you know. Got to go through all my... It, it could be in my junk mail, because that, that tends to happen, so... Definitely. Hosky, I saw that you were struggling there. You went up and down. Yeah. Are you okay? You still the airport? With uh, my connection, I'm back though. Great. So how do you, how I want to ask you something? How are your uh, self-proclaimed idiots <laughs> excited about governance in Cardano? How do you feel like the community's involvement is going to be? I've seen more but... civil discussions on governance in the Hosky Discord than on Twitter. I know it's it's it's, it's difficult to believe. But uh, there's there's different uh, levels of interest when it comes to governance. I can tell you a lot of the people don't care for it. Um, but there's also a lot of people that are very interested. The, the range of people on our Discord, which is, you know, what I would consider our community, um, is very diverse uh, from nationalities, ethnicities, from, you know, uh, parts of the world, from intellect level so there's a lot of different uh options or a lot of different opinions on governance and i do see a few people that are very very interested there are some very very smart people that have already gotten involved and or called out by charles that are part of the husky community thankfully they didn't have a husky pfp when they got called out by charles uh so yeah there's there's different levels of interest for sure uh and again uh, we are a bunch of self-proclaimed idiots but not everybody in the Hosky community and or Discord are literal idiots. 
uh, I've mentioned it before, we have doctors, lawyers, scientists, uh, different, and also idiots, like straight up idiots, but you know, that, that, that they fit right in. So th there's definitely interest um, and it varies, honestly. I, I think the important thing is everybody has their opinion, everybody has the ability to make their opinion heard. Um, and it's just um, something that you usually don't have um, in, say, you know, current forms of government. Do you provide them with a channel, a forum to talk about governance, or this all happens in your, on your general so chat? So we have a general channel, and we also have a serious talk channel, but most of the conversations always end up in general anyways, uh, and not often in the, in the quote-unquote serious chat. So it, it happens as part of the daily uh, OSCE ruckus, whatever you want to call it. Interesting. So yeah, that's like I guess the forum it's is there, right? So the conversations are, are taking place. And are you are you tracking these ideas somewhere? I know you're a circle rep, so I don't know if you're using this to bounce ideas from you know, with your community. Are you leveraging on that? So I wish that circle had done more. Um, unfortunately we were banded how do I see this nicely? Uh, man, it's hard. So, Circle is my first experience with any form of governance, and it's also the reason why it's concerning and scary, uh, because I've seen the lack of participation, I've seen the dysfunction behind it, and it always comes down to people, individuals, uh, self-interests. And so, at the moment, with what we've been focusing on Circle is getting... Um, code of conduct slash I guess you can call it rules on proper representative behavior because it's needed unfortunately uh, and without it people tend to put the non-existing line and basically just jump over it sometimes so it, it, it's it's scary when you start seeing more things uh, or the back end of how things function um but it's also encouraging to know that we do have a say in what's happening and the changes that are to come. Um, so unfortunately, there hasn't been a lot of idea bouncing on things that we're going to do. We've got so much work to focus on that basically feels like uh, babysitting. Uh, so we have to get that out of the way first uh, before we can focus on uh, doing new things. I can understand what you mean. Just kind of building the foundation. It's, it's, it's been a lot of challenging. So I hope that you get to build something that's easy to, that, that you can actually pass on to the next round, to the next group, to the next cohort, right? Then, and that's, then you'll be able to measure that and, and move forward. And that was the hard part because we were literally handed a blank slate, per se. Here's, there was no problem handoff. Uh, you know, when you go to a job, there's like an exit interview and stuff like that. There wasn't really that. We have to do it ourselves with the people that were willing to participate. Um, so we want to have a proper process of when you come in and when you exit. What is expected of you as you're coming in? What is expected of you once you're leaving to hand off to the next uh, group?
So if, if I can uh, jump in for another question, um, I did want to ask Adam Dean um, some of the thoughts that um, we were talking about last week when you uh, rudely pretended that your phone wasn't working and refused to join us. Um, that, you know, one of the um, one of the concerns that people have is um, who will be able to be D reps and how those things, you know, how those uh, will be registered. Uh, what do you have any thoughts on, you know, what, um, whether it be like a, a fee certificate fee like we have for state pools, um, what what it should be, how accessible this should be, and where you think the division will be between individuals serving as their own DREPs and people trying to be DREPs or communities registering DREPs as larger groups? Uh, so I, I like uh, DREPs from a functionality standpoint. Um, I view the mechanicals of a DREP when it comes to voting on blockchain as like a registered voter. So it's somebody that we can look at and go, okay, yeah, like I, I realized that you said you were going to vote and now you're voting. So that's cool. Um, so it's somebody or something, a script address, uh, an individual state key or, you know, whatever things we can come up with that is going to cast an active vote in the election. Um, so I like it from that perspective. I am concerned that uh, we do need to set a non-zero kind of like barrier to entry, I think, because um, to, there there is a non-trivial threat of essentially spam of just open up a wallet. You don't even have to add anything to it, you know, or you add one ADA to it and then you submit a DREP and you become a DREP. And then uh, when poor people like Lido are trying to like show who the DREPs are that are available, there's a million one different uh, options. Um, so I like you being able to, but I think it should be low, like the two ADA that we have for a stake address. To register a stake address and participate in delegating, the cost should be really, really low, as low as we can make it to put, present some barrier without being over, overly burdensome. Um, and I think you should also be able to opt in to whether you're interested or willing to receive other people's delegation or not. So you could kind of like explicitly say, I'm only representing myself or I'm open to uh, being part of this election and delegation cycle. Kind of like we have private stakeholders, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, well, I know that everybody has to get going pretty soon, um, so I did want to get a chance to um, wrap up here for a moment. I see that NodeShark wants to uh, say something, so we'll go ahead and let NodeShark have the last comment, last question, and then we'll start to wrap up. Hello, no shark. Okay, I was thinking it was me. <laughs> no shark, can you speak? I'm not sure if it's just me, but I can't hear him. No, I think I think no, that's not you. Problem. I'm sorry. Blame Elon. Yeah, he struggled to come up here, too, so maybe there's some connection issues on your end. We're sorry. Sorry about that. We will have more of these spaces, 
and please, um, uh, please everyone, thank you. Uh, follow follow the summit account if you want to hear more when we're going to have our next space. Uh, but we'll go ahead and uh, let Adam. Uh, uh, actually, I'm sorry. At, well, Adam Woods has been a guest last week. Uh, but Adam, you can end give a closing comment if you want, along with Ben and Hosky. Uh, thank you all for uh, speaking. Uh, yeah, sure. I'd say uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in and joining the conversation. Uh, keep participating in the conversation. Uh, governance ain't easy, um, but we need to hear a lot of disparate ideas and opinions uh, to make a good and well-represented uh, governance structure that's going to hopefully uh, work as good as it possibly can for as many people as we possibly can. So uh, get in your communities, have those conversations, think about ideas. Uh, even if you're not technical, um, there's going to be more non-technical stuff uh, coming up as we keep moving forward. So uh, see where you might fit and how you might be able to participate and uh, get out there and get active. Rock the vote. Sorry, guys. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. And before um, before we go to Note Sharp real quick, just want to get your attention up at the top. We have different uh, tweets that are pinned. Up there, we have Ben asking for information. If you don't mind sharing, uh, making sure that everybody can partake if they want to share the knowledge. Thank you so much. And with that being said, go ahead, Note Shark. We'll let you speak your piece before we close this out and let Ben and, and Hosky say the last words. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, again, sorry for the audio troubles as well. I know a lot of people have got a lot of diverging opinions and thoughts on this governance proposal. And um, I think it's all, it's just maybe just a bit of food for thought for people to take away is that it's really important that we get this foundation right. Um, it's not immutable as, as, as it would be. It's very set in stone um, once we have a governance structure and we need to make sure that it's adaptable, mutable and can change with the changing needs of our blockchain. And I, the one thing I want you guys to think about and consider is, is this proposal, whenever you review, just ask yourself, is this proposal complete in, in the sense that it satisfies its own dependencies, right? Let's hope, and we know that SIP 1694 isn't complete, but let's hope that the governance SIP that we use can at least a, at a bare minimum satisfy all the requirements that it sets out for itself um, and be fair, inclusive, and make sure that everyone has a voice in governance. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I guess my final words would be participate. That's really what it comes down to. Oh, that was a mic drop. Participate. You heard the Hosky. <laughs>